0: Jesus left that place and then went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord. Son of David, my daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. Again, Jesus answered, I was was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman, she came and knelt before Jesus, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that moment. Says the gospel of the Lord. I want to introduce two of my friends this morning who have been instrumental in my life. There's quite an age difference between us, some 60 years or so, and their arrest records are quite lengthy. I want you to meet Sister Joanne Persh and Sister Pat Murphy, both Sisters of Mercy and co-founders of the Interfaith Committee for Detained Immigrants. In the summer of 2015, I spent four months with them on the south side of Chicago. On my first day, I'll never forget it, I got out of the car and I walked into the building and Sister Joanne greeted me at the door saying, hurry up, get in the car, you're going to make us late. I said, well, that's a great start. I never expected to work or get involved with immigration. Up until that point in my life, I felt a call into ministry, but never to folks who were immigrants. People who, in my mind, just broke the law. Who crossed boundaries that they shouldn't. I mean, why couldn't they just come legally, I thought. But then I encountered the sisters. These women of great faith who remind me so much of this woman Jesus encounters in our reading this morning. This story, it's one of the most difficult in all the Gospels for us readers. If it weren't for the lectionary forcing us to read it, to look at it, I have a feeling we would skip it because we see a side of Jesus' humanity like we've never seen it before. Jesus is leaving Gennesaret, this small seaside town on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Ironically, he just finished telling the disciples that it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you, but what comes out of your mouth. Keep that in mind. Jesus is making his way north to the region of Tyre and Sidon, both of which are Gentile territory, and Jesus has never gone there before thus far in his ministry. And this isn't all too surprising since Jews view Gentiles as unclean, inferior even. That includes Jesus, who only made negative comments about Gentiles up until now, saying things like, don't be like the Gentiles who only welcome and love their own kind who say empty words and empty promises, don't go near their towns and don't bring the gospel to where they are. If Jesus had these beliefs, these preconceived notions, why did he go to these towns in the first place? Matthew doesn't tell us. But on the way, as he heads north, there's this woman coming out from that region and she's shouting at Jesus, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. Now to our ears, that doesn't sound so scandalous. It's no different than anybody else in the gospels who cries out for Jesus' help, but this one's a little different. Women didn't approach men in public, especially not Gentiles who weren't exactly on speaking terms with Jews. To make matters worse, she's called a Canaanite, the ancient foe of Israel. Now, there was no land of Cana at the time of Jesus anymore. But obviously, this long historic sentiment that these people are our enemies, it's still prevalent. And the woman, though, she must have heard that Jesus has healed many people plagued with a demon. And so this was her chance to get her daughter healed. Yet for some reason, Jesus completely ignores her. Undeterred, the woman proceeds to shout, now making a scene in public. And out of either pity or maybe annoyance, the disciples say to Jesus, can you just give her what she wants and send her on her way? Again, Jesus refuses. But finally, he gives us a reason for his less than Christ-like actions. Gentiles aren't my mission. I am a shepherd to Israel and Israel alone. Jesus says. And this, coming from the man who said to the disciples, when thousands gathered just weeks before, you give them something to eat. And yet he won't give this one woman the time of day. As a last-ditch effort, the woman throws herself on the ground right in front of Jesus, kneeling before him. You can imagine what she looked like. Her head bowed down to the ground, her hands folded together, tucked beneath her chin as she begged for help. It's a position of both worship and respect, but it's also one that's not easily ignored. Jesus has to address this woman now. And he does so but in a most shocking way. It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. The Jews, the people of Israel, are the chosen people, the children of God. While the Gentiles, well, they're dogs. And not simply dogs, they are Little dogs is what the Greek text says. Some argue that this little, this diminutive used in the Greek, it lessens this ethnic slur, making it more endearing, like a lap dog or a pet. But I've never known that adding little to any insult makes it any less insulting. The woman, though, she's quick. With her wit, she reminds Jesus that all she's asking for is a crumb of the healing that he so abundantly gives to all the children of Israel. Even the most strict masters allow their dogs to do that. Right then, right then something changes in Jesus. He recognizes the great faith of this woman and does exactly what she asks and her daughter is healed instantly. Through this one encounter with a woman who was an outsider of outsiders in a place that Jesus said he would never go, his understanding of his mission and ministry are forever changed. No longer was he only the shepherd for the lost sheep of Israel, but he is the savior of the world. Gone is the belief that the gospel shouldn't go beyond the Jewish people, that it shouldn't go to the Gentiles who are unworthy. Instead, Jesus will end this gospel saying, take it to the ends of the earth, cross all boundaries, all divisions, and baptize and make disciples of all nations, regardless of where they're from. It's through this woman's great faith. I'd like to think that Jesus, his beliefs, his preconceived notions are forever altered. And he sees more clearly the love and purpose God gave him. All it takes is one encounter. One encounter with someone whom we believed certain things about. Who we had drawn a boundary between ourselves. Who we could have sworn we weren't called to help. It takes one encounter and all of those divides come crashing down. And it's to those people and places, the outsider of outsiders. The places we never thought we'd be that God calls us into. That encounter, for me, was an 85- and 90-year-old nun on the south side of Chicago. Like the woman of great faith, these two crossed all sorts of barriers put in their way to get help for the people who needed it. They still, to this day, shout and protest in public calling attention to the immigration system that tears families apart, hurting children most of all. Like the woman, they too make a scene in public, getting down on their hands and knees in front of deportation buses as an act of worship, forcing people of power to reckon with their cry for help. Every Monday for those four months, I would get in the car and drive two and a half hours outside of Chicago to a detention center. And the whole time I would pray because a 90-year-old was behind the wheel on on (laughs) I-94 driving around Chicago. It's terrifying. (laughs) But we would make it every time and we'd walk in the door. And we'd walk through all the metal detectors, all the doors, all the gates. And we'd sit in a common room and you would just sit down at a table. And they would let 40, 50 or so of uh, the folks who were being detained, and they would just sit at your table. And you had an hour or so with them. And I can still hear the desperation in their voices. As they lowered their heads, just like that woman. And they tucked their hands underneath their chins and they begged for help. They begged for prayer, for sooner court dates, for anything that would reunite them with loved ones. I remember Ray from Jamaica, Jose from Honduras, Thomas from England, Harvey from Uganda, Lee from China, Caleb from Ethiopia. Our encounters forever changed the preconceived ideas and beliefs I had, widening my all too narrow idea of who I was called to serve and to love. God calls us to cross the divisions that we've made that separate us and to encounter people on the margins of society, the outsiders of outsiders. And the call is as incessant as the woman shouting for help from Jesus. Because all it takes is one encounter with someone that you'd least expect for the Holy Spirit to change or shift your understanding of what you believe and to break down the barriers that we have about who is worthy and who is not for our love. And so this morning I would ask, who is God calling you to encounter and challenge the all-too-narrow idea of who is worthy of your time, your talent, your treasure? Where is the Spirit leading you that will force you to reckon with the long-held bias or beliefs that you hold? my prayer is that you all have a Sister Joanne and a Sister Pat in your life. Exemplars of great faith who lead you to encounters you never thought you'd have. Or maybe you are a Sister Pat or a Sister Murphy for someone else. And at those encounters, may Jesus change our hearts. The way this woman changed his. Amen.